1: Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast Show. We're gonna have a little fun segment for you. News of the day, which we've been doing the last few episodes, we're gonna get into our tiers of the Big Ten uh, for the upcoming college football season. We are being optimistic that the college football season will be taking off as scheduled. So we're we're playing uh, this game kind of based on that, so bear with us. We know that there's a lot uh, up in the air right now with, with coronavirus and things like that, but we're both banking on college football being uh, being around in some way, shape, or form, so we're going to go through and kind of give our tiers of the Big Ten where we think each team is going to kind of be as we essentially skip over spring practice and head into some you know fall previews and things like that. So we're going to kind of put... Uh, where we think each football team is going to be coming into the season, whether we think they're, you know, bottom of the pack, contenders, pretenders, better or worse, things like that. So uh, I, I think it'll be a fun segment to kind of go off of our uh, Big Ten decade grades that we've been doing over the last week plus or so in, in terms of both football and uh, basketball programs. So uh, a fun episode, some football. Hopefully some uh, fun hypotheticals for you guys to listen to and debate with us we place teams in uh, each tier. So, Matt,
2: how are you doing today? Doing great. Uh, excited about this episode. I think it'll be fun. A uh, little exercise for us, and it, it'll kill some time as we try to keep it hopeful and keep it positive that uh, good news will eventually come for sports in general and especially college football. How are you doing? Good. Good. Yeah, it'll be
1: uh, it'll be a fun one. I think. Uh, I I always enjoy doing these Big Ten hypotheticals. I love the the preseason stuff, trying to figure out where which team's gonna be where, which team's gonna do this, that, gonna do that, and then kind of coming back at the end of the season because you know for as a, a sports better, I I do a lot of preseason prep stuff, and then I like to go back and see where I was way off, where I did this, where I did that. So it's it's kind of a nice groundwork for me to to get an idea of of where some of these Big Ten teams are and. And uh, I just I really enjoy looking at uh, what's going to be, and then looking back and seeing where maybe I was way wrong, or where we're right. Because usually, in the especially in the Big Ten, there's teams that on paper look a lot better, and there's teams uh, that that finish a lot worse than where they should be. And that's that's kind of the sport of college football in the conference when you get you know quality players and quality teams that can that can jump up and down in a big way, depending on a couple couple weeks in this dogfight of a conference. So. Uh, before we get into that, let's let's do some news. I know there's a couple things we wanted to touch on. Nothing um, overly crazy in the sporting world has really happened, but there are some things that pertain to Wisconsin football and some recruits. Uh, and the first one was summer camps cancellation, which I know you wanted to touch on. So I'll give you the floor a little bit to kind of talk about that and, and the impact of what that will have with, with COVID-19 and everything that's going on.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, across uh, all all sports, having summer camps pushed aside and canceled uh, for the time being is is really a big blow to the athletic department. I know uh, it's in in addition to you know just a way to get in some small revenue. It, it's just a way for them to the coaches to get their eyes on uh, younger players and help them out and, and gets that one-on-one opportunity to help coach them up and potentially see what they could deliver later on. Wisconsin is, is really well-known for their ability to use those camp sessions and, and turn that into offers. You know, Cade McDonald last year, you, you think of uh, the the relationships that the program was able to get with a guy like Logan Brown, a five-star from two years ago, that the big reason why he chose Wisconsin was because they offered him so early when they saw him as a, at a camp his freshman or sophomore year. So those relationships that they see – um are are just so vital for um recruiting especially for a team that uh is so developmental you have a lot of guys who are playing in the state of Wisconsin which doesn't necessarily have the craziest talent uh, or competition level where then you get to see these guys against the best of the best instead of playing at a smaller school in you know division 4 um they're able to go against some of the the Kids from that you're that you have either committed or you're looking at, and they can pop like Cade McDonald did, or or a Chris Borland who was a camp offer. You know, a lot of these guys they get that because of it. And in basketball, you look at the obviously the July evaluation periods out the window, um, most likely. But just thinking about it for the camps that Wisconsin has their advanced camp and their team camp, both of which are huge for recruiting. They, they get some of their top prospects in camp, especially from within the state and can see them. You know, I don't know if Wisconsin gets, uh, Jordan and Johnny Davis if it isn't for their Coming to camp last year, uh, and, and once again being around the program, um, also allowing the, the program more one on one time with them without having to be, um, using an official visit, for example. So it, it's tough for, in a lot of ways, primarily for recruiting, um, for, and evaluations here for the, uh, um, coaching staff, but it's definitely something that shouldn't be taken lightly because it's, it's such, something that this program has been built on for so many years um, and and Wisconsin really lo- relies on those um, in-person evaluations to to make decisions. Yeah, exactly I mean it's it's essentially uh, boiled
1: down to it's a kind of a, a way for for coaching staffs uh, to 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 lay the groundwork for recruiting and get to know some of their guys get some guys. Uh, in their vicinity to, to kind of watch them and, and see them develop and, and get kind of a baseline for where they're at. So to, to not have that while, you know, if you're the common fan, you hear, oh, a summer camp's canceled, maybe it doesn't sound like a, a big deal, but I, I think this has a ripple effect and some bigger ramifications for her programs itself than I think a lot of people would probably let on just given given what we know and, and how big of it, you know, how big how much comes from it. Uh, I think it's a lot bigger deal than, than what probably the average fan uh, understands or, or knows, wouldn't you say?
2: Oh, for sure. I, I think it's it's just so important for Wisconsin, uh, especially for a program that, that doesn't have a huge recruiting footprint, to be able to get the guys that are around you on campus, be able to see what they have, uh, and, and build those relationships on top of seeing just what they can bring to the table at different positions. Aaron Witt, for example, was a guy who was being looked at by pretty much everybody as a defensive end prospect, you know, a 4-3 defensive end, and Wisconsin was able to bring him in, try him out at the outside linebacker position. They were able to see the position flexibility he had uh, and and look at, okay, he's a tweener that we could bring in, uh, a really good recruit, and that's the type of thing that they're not going to have this summer. At least it appears that way uh, based off things Uh, how they have gone. So Wisconsin's going to miss out on that a lot. I know nobody else is going to have that either uh, across the country, so recruiting's definitely tilted very differently now. But that is definitely something that hurts um, a lot of prospects within the state of Wisconsin for no doubt. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, you
1: look at, um, you know, everybody's going to be kind of be in the same boat, but you look at programs like Ohio State or Clemson, any, any blue blood program that has that staying power uh, it isn't gonna hurt as much as it's gonna hurt a a mid-level team that that really relies on things like that to get guys in get them get them shown to, to what Wisconsin is what Wisconsin does on the field so uh, it's it's definitely a blow for for all college football teams because it it's beneficial to to all programs, but at the same time, I think it hurts these lower-tier schools that don't have that staying power uh, compared to some of the bigger ones. So it's it's definitely going to be impactful, and it's unfortunate, but just kind of the world we live in right now. The next thing we wanted to talk about was uh, a former guest of the show, Deacon Pia Hill, uh, was selected to the Polynesian Bowl, and if if listeners aren't familiar with that, it's uh, a game in Hawaii that that features all-star football players uh, around the world that that kind of have Polynesian heritage and, and ancestries tied to uh, the Polynesian culture. Uh, the Hall of Fame is actually uh, in Oahu, Hawaii, which is a, a very cool thing to see. I went and saw that uh, actually last year when I was there, but Pretty big deal uh, for for the players involved, and, and maybe it's not a super well-known game compared to, you know, other All-Star games, but it's it's still a very
2: important thing, and, you know, Deacon's been on the show, so it's it's pretty cool to see. Yeah, for sure. Anytime you have a quarterback uh, commits coming in that is part of an All-Star game, that's, that's always great. It's an, an extra opportunity for that player to continue their development as well as, um, you know, build some relationships with other players that are uh, in that area and that are highly regarded. There we go. All right, anything else you want to touch
1: on? Otherwise, we can get into our tiers and rankings of of our Big Ten football programs.
2: Uh, One thing would be it sounds like some good recruiting news potentially in the works uh, for Wisconsin. Uh, If that happens, we'll talk about it on our show that we'll record Wednesday. But uh, it sounds like some good stuff coming uh, on the Badgers' end.
1: Yeah, and it's certainly well uh, needed. And so I'm looking forward to hopefully talking some, some positive news as we get into that on Wednesday. But, all right, let's get into our tiers a little bit. And what we're going to do, guys, is, is we have tiers that we set up before the show, and, and we'll give you the rundown here. We've got bottom feeders. I think that's pretty self-explanatory team that we see is going to be in the bottom of the conference. And then we've got fallers, uh, essentially a team that we think is going to fall in terms of their record be worse than where they were in 2019. On the opposite end of that, of course, we have risers, teams that we think will be better. Maybe not so much, you know, record-wise it might be a little different because there are non-conference games. Some teams play others, but a team that we think is going to be better. Uh, And then after that, we have a team that we see that we're kind of given the benefit of the doubt. And maybe a couple players off from a contender, but a usually solid program returning maybe in limbo so we kind of have an extra tier set up for that uh and then after that we of course have our contenders teams that we see could win the big 10 and then of course we have our elite teams that we see as a playoff contender a national champion contender things of that nature so we've got six tiers we'll go through team by team and kind of place them and again this kind of goes off of our all decade grades that we finished up over this past week that uh Kind of goes into where the the state of programs for each football team is right now. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting, and uh, we'll kick things off with the team that has has left a sour taste in a lot of Badger fans' mouths, uh, both on the football field and uh, on the basketball court this season. Of course, the, the Badgers on an upset at Illinois, and then uh, did not take care of business when the when the Illinois Illini came to the Kohl Center. So where do you place uh illinois as we head into the 2020 season um
2: for me i'd probably put them in the risers category i know that they i wouldn't expect them to necessarily blow the doors off and be become a contender or anything like that and i still can't give them the benefit of the doubt at this point because they have been so hit or miss uh as of late but i look at their schedule uh for next year and they got illinois state connecticut Bowling Green and Rutgers are their first four games. That should hypothetically be four wins based off of that. You're you're halfway to eight. Um, you know, you got eight more games after that. They won six games last year. I, I would anticipate that they'll probably win around six again, but they are returning a lot of pieces. They also brought in a lot of uh talented players. Um so I would anticipate that they're gonna be better uh next year just because of the sheer fact that their schedule sets up pretty nicely, and I think that they're in a place that they are doing better and having a, a better general buzz about their program.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I had them in my risers category as well. I don't know if they'll be, you know, you'll have a huge improvement record-wise, but they do bring back a lot of players. Um, I think the only team that brings back more in the Big Ten is, is Indiana and Northwestern. So there's a lot of... Uh, Players coming back, it's just a matter of can they repeat and be as talented as they were uh, the season before. And Illinois football and basketball, sometimes they're hit or miss. So I see them as a riser, but I, I don't know if it's any significant jump right there. Uh, but on paper, they're, they're they're bringing back a lot. The schedule sets up nicely, which usually, you know, sets up for an improved record. But there's other teams in the Big Ten that are getting better and uh, improving. So I have them, you know. I don't know record-wise if they'll be much better, but I think I'd probably put them right at the same. You know, 6-6, six and six, maybe you win a bowl game, you get to a bowl game, and they're probably around where they were a year ago, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right, the next team that we've got going in order here is Indiana. And Indiana was a team that had a really good season last year. Um, they've They've had... Uh, some tough times these last few seasons, getting over that hump and, and getting to a bowl game, things like that. They kind of got that monkey off their back this season. Coming into this season, they look like they could be a much improved team. They've got some key pieces
2: and key players, but where do you have uh, Indiana as you look at it right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I once again, I have them actually as a rider, a riser as well. I think you saw them kind of catapult up to eight wins last year after um, quite a few seasons of Hovering in that mediocrity range, um, I thought they had a really good year. I think their schedule, similar to Illinois, sets up fairly nicely where they can do some damage. I think they're still handicapped by the fact that they have um, you know a gauntlet that they have to run through, um, so to speak, in parts of their their schedule, but once again, their non conference is very winnable um, and and then you look at it they they have some of the teams that you would expect them to to potentially have a chance to win, such as home are at home with Michigan State, Maryland, um and Illinois all coming to Indiana as well as Purdue. That's a that's a lot there that you can play with, especially if you're able to go on the road, obviously beat Rutgers and maybe um try to steal one. They're in a really good spot to at least uh kind of stay where they were this past year at 8 wins and possibly improve it if they were able to get a bowl win. So I I like Indiana. I think that they're doing some nice things there. Um, It's it's not going to be something where they're going to jump up and become a contender overnight, but they're definitely improving the talent base there, and I I like them to be in a better spot next year.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I have them as a riser as well. I think the schedule sets up pretty nicely right now. You know, you open at Wisconsin. I, I think the Badgers win that game. But then you've got, you know, Western Kentucky, Ball State, UConn, Maryland, Rutgers. That stretch right there, you should, win. you should win all those games. And then you take on Michigan State at home, which I don't expect much from Michigan State this year. So I think Indiana will win that one. And then you've got a, a, a tough stretch of Penn State at Ohio State. And then you finish it off with Illinois at Michigan, who is replacing a lot. And then you have Purdue. So... Maybe those back three games are, are toss-ups. Illinois uh, having you get them at home. You have to go to Michigan, who's got a lot going on uh, in terms of roster turnover, and then you've got Purdue. So I think realistically, uh, a nice you know six and one start, and then you, you know, you're t- you're probably not beating Penn State or Ohio State, and then if you win one of those three toss-up games, you're probably looking at a better season. So just given the schedule and what they're bringing back with a lot of experience. I expect Indiana to be better uh once again this season and maybe make a jump up into uh not necessarily an east contender but not not necessarily a you know a, a automatic loss in those uh you know the that gauntlet of Michigan Michigan State uh Ohio State and Penn State. I think they'll contend and maybe win one or two of those games so Indiana should be in my eyes improved where they were a year ago. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's hop into our neighbors to the southwest in the Iowa Hawkeyes. They're a team that pretty much every year is pretty consistent. They they lose a little bit coming into this season. They bring back a little bit, kind of in an okay spot right in that middle end. But where do you have uh, the Hawkeyes right now?
2: This one, this one was tough for me. Um I, I think for me, I'm going to put them in the, the benefit of the doubt category. I don't necessarily think that they are going to be in a spot to be true contenders um, next year just because their schedule is fairly tough. They've got some tough crossover games, um, similar to what Wisconsin had last year, where they're going to have Michigan State, Ohio State, and Penn State um, on their schedule um, with Ohio State and Penn State on the road. I, I think they're in an okay spot, but I think at this point, Kirk Ferentz has shown um, that they can usually get to that eight-win benchmark pretty consistently. The last time they they didn't eclipse eight wins was in 2014. So they're in a spot where I would anticipate them winning eight, maybe nine games. Um, you know, last year they won 10, so you could hypothetically say that they are uh, a faller, But at the same time, I, I think that's pretty consistent with where they've been these past few years. Um, they've won their last three bowl games. They're in a good spot, I think, in, in my eyes. Yeah, I agree with you. I had them in the better of the doubt category
1: as well. So so far we're we're holding pat and, and agreeing on this and you know, I I did our decade piece for Iowa over the last 10 years and it it really just looked like Iowa it, if you averaged out their wins and losses it came out to 7 and 5 or 8 and 4 um and that's that's pretty much where I see them coming into this season. You mentioned the the tough schedule You've got to go to Penn State. You've got to go to Ohio State in back-to-back uh, weeks, which is which is incredibly difficult. But outside of that, you've, you've got some favorable matchups. You get Nebraska at home. You get Wisconsin at home. So I don't expect Iowa to, to win the Big Ten West, that, that Minnesota game, that Iowa State game are going to be kind of toss-ups. But I, I think they're going to, again, be in that 7-5, and 8-4 and four range, which is about where they, they average every season. So, same old, same old Iowa in my eyes right now. I would agree. Let's go into the other team out east, and that is the Maryland Terrapins, uh, a team that started out hot last season and finished pretty dismally. So, where do you have uh, the Terrapins as they head into year two under Mike Loxley?
2: Yeah, I mean, last year was, was pretty rough for them. They, winning only three games, was, was not great. It wasn't a great look for them. Uh non conference wise, they they actually have a fairly decent non conference um outside of a, a game at against Towson. They have to go to West Virginia. I think that, that hurts them. And then in terms of crossover they have Wisconsin and, and Minnesota as well as Northwestern. And with one of those games at Northwestern, um that's that's not generally easy. Um the Northwestern ones probably is, but I think they will improve, um, from where they were last year, just because I think they'll be a good shot to beat Northwestern. I think they'll then win their, win two of those non-conference games. And who knows, they usually have a hot start in September. They could take down West Virginia, um, who's also been struggling. But man, you look at their, the last four games of their schedule. Really, you could go the last six if you knock out Rutgers. Um, they have to play Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State. To me, that's five losses, uh, so the cap that they could even get to is, is seven. I, I could see them potentially getting to a spot where they're going to be in bowl contention, so for me, I'll stay a riser. I don't think that it'll be, like, monumental, huge jump for them, but I do think it'll be better than the 3-9 and nine season we saw last year.
1: Yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I actually had them, and, and this one was a tough one for me because I didn't really necessarily see them rising too much. Because you know, I look at I look at Riser, and I I, I want to say it's a team that improves by a couple games. I I think they could be a a four and eight team. So I had them I had them as a bottom feeder right now, uh, simply because I don't know where this team is going to be. I think there's a lot of question marks for Maryland and. You know they they don't bring back a lot. They their 90th in returning production and their defense was atrocious last year. They bring back kind of half of that. So I don't know what to make of of them taking on some some tough teams. And like you said, uh, the games that to me are are kind of toss ups are those Northwesterns, those West Virginia, Michigan State. Maybe if maybe if Michigan State just has an abysmal year, Maryland beats them. So I I look at it as like a four and eight team maybe five and seven at best, so for me, I don't really, that would be an improvement from where they were last year, but I think there's a lot of toss-ups, so I have them as a a bottom feeder with Rutgers right now, just simply because there's, I think I I like a lot of the teams that they're playing, you know, better right now,
2: so I'm going to have them uh, a little bit lower than, than where you're at. I think that's totally fair. I I was kind of trying to figure out which way to put them, um, whether it would be, I didn't see them getting worse. Um, so right. it was basically, yeah. I was between bottom feeder or riser. So uh, we do not agree. We do not agree for the
1: first time. All right, let's get into Michigan here. A team that, uh, in terms of returning production, loses a lot, uh, but there's still a blue blood program, at least in the fans' eyes. So. Where do you think uh, the Wolverines will be next fall?
2: Yeah, I mean that this is a good question because, like you, you've you've uh, brought up returning production. They're they have the least in the entire Big Ten at only forty three percent of their production coming back, and I think that was in the one hundred and twenties or something like that, which that, that that's not great. So um, I, I think when you look at their schedule, they have to take on Washington at Washington. They always have that. Um, the um, game with Notre Dame, um, you've got Ohio State at Ohio State. You've got um, Wisconsin, you've got at Michigan State, you've got at Minnesota, and you've got Penn State. That is that is not easy um, for them this year. I guess they don't actually have um, Notre Dame next year, do they? No. They've in.
1: got uh – They've got Washington and then Ball State and Arkansas State are their
2: So So they they switched that, yeah, so they skipped a year with Notre Dame. Um but either way, you look at it and putting in Washington instead of Notre Dame is still gonna be a really tough game. I, I think at this point, based off of who they are, I think I'm going to I don't see them as a um contender really next year. I'm gonna give them in the put them in the benefit of the doubt category, similar to Iowa, where I think they'll probably get to like eight wins maybe nine wins but i don't see them putting up a fight in the big 10 east or really to have have a chance at the conference title if things go right for them i just don't see it based off of what they have coming back in their schedule
1: yeah uh, the thing that really concerns me with with michigan is is that returning production when you look at preseason stuff it's it's hard to it's hard to predict a team getting better when you're you're losing almost 75% of your starters you lose Shea Patterson, you lose four offensive line starters. There's a lot of pieces that you've got to replace, and a lot of important pieces. So we'll see just how good Jim Harbaugh, you know, is as a coach. Uh, Schedule-wise, Washington is, is another tough opener, a team that is trying to improve. So I have them right now as a faller. Uh, I I don't see them. Uh, I can't. What was their record last year? Was it? Did they get to ten wins last year? Uh, no, they got they went nine and four. Okay, so yeah, I would see them as as a eight and four, nine and four, maybe win a bowl game. So probably about what the same as they were this season, or or maybe worse because I think that Washington game is is a toss up. I think Indiana might be a toss up this season. Wisconsin, it's on the road, so it's a, it's going to be a toss up game. But for me, I, I don't see them being better than they were. And I think to get the benefit of the doubt, I think you still have to have a lot of returning production, which Michigan doesn't have. So I'm going to put them as a faller as we head into uh, into that part of the season.
0: I
2: like it.
1: All right, let's get into our next team. And that, of course, is the Michigan State Spartans, a team that is replacing a lot, having a lot of, of things going on, both on and off the field for them, bringing in a new coach in Mel Tucker. Uh, so, a pretty tough season last year for the Spartans, but where do you have them coming into next season?
2: Um, I have them. Last year they went 6-7 and seven and lost their bowl game. I, I thought this team was just kind of in, in disarray this offseason. They aren't going to have their spring practices. They are going to be kind of behind the eight ball with a brand-new coaching staff. I, I think they're going to be a faller in my eyes. I just don't like um, – who, who they have uh, in terms of talent. Quarterback play has been so uneven uh, as of recently, you know, and, and the defense hasn't been nearly as good as what it was led on to be, to be thought of. Then you look at their schedule. Non-conference-wise, they have to go to BYU. They have. Um, they also play um, Miami, uh, the Florida version of Miami instead of Ohio. Um, they also have to go at Iowa. They still have to play um, Ohio State, Michigan. They have to go to Indiana. They have to go to Penn State. They have Minnesota as a crossover game. I, I don't like that schedule whatsoever to give them a, any benefit of the doubt. Any benefit of the doubt. And there hasn't been anything that I've seen on or off the field that makes me think that they are going to rise or going to be a contender next year. I think they have just too big of an uphill battle. So I put them as a faller.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I have them as a faller as well. I think it's going to be a, a hard year for them. Uh, we, we've talked about how coronavirus and spring practice is going to impact some teams more than others when you have a team like Michigan, like Michigan State, that are not bringing back a lot. Michigan State was 117 in returning production. You couple that with new coaches, new assistants, uh, NCAA kind of picking around the school as a whole. And then that schedule, like you mentioned, BYU, Miami, a Toledo team that you know, is always a contender in the MAC. I see them dropping. Uh, I don't see them getting to six wins. You know, we kind of talked about over/unders last week uh, in terms of where we saw uh, Michigan State in terms of wins. I see them as an under team. I record-wise, it, it's going to be worse. I just think it's going to be a year where where they're going to need to rebuild some things and start over. I think they know that that's the plan. They're not the Michigan State that they once were, but I think 2020 is going to be be a rough year for them uh, in terms of everything that they just kind of have a, a perfect storm heading into next season, where things might just get uh, pretty pretty dicey and pretty tough.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's just it's just not great. Anywhere around that program right now, football-wise, and so I, I think that's one to steer clear of uh, if you're if you're looking for betting purposes. Anything going over, um, like you were saying. Most definitely. All right, our
1: biggest rival is up next: the Minnesota Golden Gophers, an 11-win season last year. Things started out. You know, incredible for them, Uh, a big bump at the end with with Iowa and Wisconsin, but they they hammered home a bowl win uh, to cap off the season. So where do you see Minnesota as you come into next season?
2: Uh, I I don't think that they're going to be in the same spot that they were last year. Uh, They're losing way too much on defense for me to think that they're going to be the team that was winning 11 games or anything like that. But I do think because of what they have returning, their schedule is a lot better than what uh, what we look at for, say, Iowa, another team who's kind of in the in the same ballpark uh, as them. So I'm, I'm going to put them as a contender. Um, it kind of pains me to say it, but I, I don't think that they're going to be a team that's going to win the Big Ten West. I don't think that they're going to be a team that is e- even remotely has a shot to win the Big Ten in general. But I, I think if things go um, – Right for them, and they're able to, to secure a couple wins here or there. Like, they have to, they have uh, Iowa at home, they have Michigan at home, um, they have to go to Wisconsin. So that, obviously, Wisconsin, I don't anticipate the Badgers coming out flat for that, like we saw a few years ago. Uh, but they have to go to Michigan State. They have to go to Nebraska, but their overall their schedule is just nothing too crazy. Their non-conference is, is pretty vanilla, so it's similar to what we've seen from them where they're able to ride that soft schedule to have a chance like we saw last year. So I'll keep them in the contenders just because I think that that cupcake schedule can give them a, a decent chance here to um, stay in the thick of things until the end, uh, depending upon what Wisconsin does in the West.
1: Yeah, I like that. I think if, if I had to say what team was the most challenging to place, I think I'd probably say Maryland and Minnesota. And Minnesota, for me, um, you know, it depends on what you look at for parameters, but just bringing back nothing on defense uh, causes me to, to really question where they're going to be. A new offensive coordinator, I know I know a lot of pieces are back on the offensive side of the ball, but to me, I, I don't see them being, you know, an 11-win team but I don't see them falling off too much, like you mentioned, with the schedule. So they're kind of in limbo for me. I place them as a faller, but they could really be a contender. They could really be a – I don't see them as a riser. So I have them as a faller, but it was was kind of one where – I think Minnesota is going to be a little worse than they were last year, but still maybe in the in the conversation in the West as as things get later on in the season. So I have them as a follower right now, but I think you could make an argument for for a lot of the tiers right now, just given where Minnesota is at.
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, I was really between if I was going to do um, faller, benefit of the doubt, or contenders, because I have kind of have that that. Uh, Benefit of the doubt is kind of that no man's land that right. we, we go ahead and have teams that we think, hey, they're probably going to be in that like eight win range. They have kind of have that, the pieces in place to do that, but we don't necessarily think that they're going to contend. So I think I'm even going to move them now. Screw it. I'm going to put them in the benefit of the doubt category because I was kind of between there and there. So I'll go benefit of the doubt that they're a team that I think is going to be in the thick of things. Similar to Iowa, but I don't actually think that they're going to be a team that's going to win it or really be a contender in, in the in the greater sense that we normally think of it as.
1: Yeah, that's that's exactly where I'm thinking. I, I could put them in there as well. You know what? Change me too. I'm I'm putting them in there that benefit of the doubt category. They're limbo for me. I mean, I just don't see them. I don't see them being better. I don't see them being that worse. So I'll keep. I'll put them. I'll agree with you. Convinced me. You swayed my decision over to benefit of the doubt but maybe if I had to put them on a scale I'd be a little closer to faller, but I'll give them some benefit of the doubt because of the offensive pieces that they bring back and they'll be a you know an eight and four win season, eight and four kind of similar to what we'll have with Iowa uh, at least in my eyes. so all right, guys we're halfway through the big 10s so we're gonna ahead and kick it over to a couple quick ad reads and then we'll get into the rest of our teams. All right, we've talked through half of the Big Ten, and the next team is a team that uh, brings in a lot of preseason hype and usually falters from that, and that's the Nebraska Cornhuskers. So a team that had some moments last season, a similar Nebraska team that we've seen kind of every year, some big moments, some really bad losses. So where do you
2: see Nebraska at right now? I I, I think you you look at them from – uh last year um last year went ahead and one went 5 and 7 they they've been kind of middling here recently for the past few years uh just i i think i wrote about them in the the Big 10 um decade thing i think it was just absolutely stupid when they got rid of um When they got rid of some of their coaches here, they've really struggled with that. I thought Bo Pelini did a good job and kind of got a a short stick there as Nebraska thought they were too big for their britches. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I just don't think that they're going to be in a place that they're going to be that great. Next year, I think five and seven is about right again. Like six and six, something like that. Their schedule isn't great. They don't necessarily have the pieces on defense to compete um, in the Big Ten right now. I know everybody wants to pound the table about their recruiting and and about Scott Frost and everything, but they've been doing that for the past five years and it just has never come into fruition. That that Nebraska is going to be back. There's people throwing money at them to hit the over every year for them to be a, a title contender and everything. And it's just not there. I think they could easily lose to Cincinnati. Um, I, I could see them um, losing at Northwestern even. They've got game uh, tough crossovers against Ohio State and Penn State. They have to go to Iowa. They have to go to Wisconsin. I just I think about Nebraska right now. So with where I'm at, they're they're not going to be – Risers or fallers, really. So they were one that, like you had said, that you had a tough time placing Minnesota Mm -hmm. and Maryland. Uh, Maryland wasn't that big of a challenge for me as much, but Minnesota and Nebraska were the ones that I really struggled with. And it's, they're kind of like, for me, in the bottom feeder, between the bottom feeder and benefit of the doubt category in a lot of ways. Um, So I'm going to say that. Nebraska might be improving uh, in some aspects, but I just don't see it. So I'm actually going to go with them probably staying about the same, maybe going five and seven again and and missing out on a bowl. So I think for right now I'm going to stick with them at, um, oh, man, Mm, where are you gonna put them? I'll hear that first because I gotta figure out where I want them here because this is the one I've been still grappling with all day. Yeah,
1: yeah, that one. Now that you say that, Nebraska was a tougher one, and you now I'm thinking back on it. I, I think for right now, it's it's the same classic Nebraska story where you where you see the pieces, you see Adrian Martinez, you see Scott Frost, you think it's gonna get better, and then it never really does. So I I had a tough time putting them between uh, a riser and a faller simply because I think they're like you mentioned, going to be exactly the same five and seven, six and six, but I actually have them as a faller right now because I, I see, I see two easy wins. You know, you've got San Diego state, you've got central Michigan at home. You should not lose either of those. And then you've got Cincinnati. You probably should win that game. Uh, Illinois, I think they could beat Illinois. It's probably a toss-up game, and then you've got a toss-up game with Northwestern. You've got to win against Rutgers, and pretty much everyone can bank on that. So so that puts you at three, maybe four wins, but that back half of the schedule for them is brutal. You've got at Ohio State, Penn State, at Iowa, at Wisconsin, and then uh, Minnesota at home. If, if Minnesota is what we think they're going to be, I I have a tough time thinking they're going to win some of those back half of the games at all. So for me, I'm going to have them as a faller, but probably not by not by much, you know, five and seven, six and six, maybe four and eight at worst if you lose that Cincinnati game, but I still don't see them being any better. So I'm going to put them as a faller right now.
2: All right. Well, I'm going to disagree and I'm just going to put them as a riser just because I think they'll get to six and six. Uh, it's, if- granted that's one more game one more win but i'll give them possibly one more win but i really think 5 and 7 is right where i would put my money line so i'll i'll say that they probably will go 6 and 6 so i'll give them a baby riser there there you go yeah it's they're they're a
1: tough one they're definitely a, a middle tier team that you could you could make an argument for either way it comes down to those games that look like toss ups and uh, if they win one of those, they're they're a riser, and if they lose one, they're a faller. So they're definitely hanging on uh, by a string for either one. All right, the next team that we have is uh, a team that has is, is pretty much dominated the conference for, for the last decade plus in a lot of ways, and that's the uh, Ohio State Buckeyes. So I think we're both going to agree on where we have this team, but uh, where do you have uh, the Ohio State as we head into
2: 2020? Yeah, Ohio State is uh, an elite one for me. I I don't think there's much debate there. They are one of the most powerful two, three, four programs in the entire country. Um, When you look at just tradition, um, talent level that they have, and and everything, resources available, uh, I I think there's no question that they are the cream of the crop in the Big Ten. Everybody's kind of looking up at them in my eyes. So I'm going to say Ohio State's uh, an elite. Yep,
1: I'm agreeing with you. I don't know if there's much more to even say about it. They've they've been the best team. They bring in, you know, they've got Justin Fields, they've got Chris Olave, they've got Trey Sermons coming in to replace J. K. Dobbins. So I think they're they're very much elite. They're and it's not like they're a program that's elite but trending downward. I think they're elite and, and continue to trend upward. So Uh, I have Ohio State as an elite team, and I don't think there's uh, much argument to be made or or sway either way, so we'll hop right into uh, the next team, which is uh, a team that is hoping to contend with Ohio State and and maybe finally pull off that uh, upset and, and maybe get back to Indianapolis, and that's the Penn State Nittany Lions, who have kind of been a team that's a little bit better than Michigan every year and and worse than Ohio State and just kind of nipping at the heels trying to knock off Ohio State and never seem to do it. So where do you have uh, the Nittany Lions coming into 2020?
2: Um, I've got them as a contender. Um, I I think they're a team that has a lot of talent. They are elevating the the talent level on their team in a lot of ways. I think they are the team in the east side of the division that gives them or that gives Ohio State the – the most competition in a lot of ways. They have a decent schedule to have a chance to to go ahead and um, mess around with them. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say um, Penn State is a contender. I agree with you 100%.
1: I think if there's a year, especially that Penn State on on paper and with their roster and what they bring back. This is probably the best team they've had in a few years. Everybody said last year that Penn State was was going to be, uh, you know, a year away. That the 2020 was going to be their season. They've got a lot returning. They've got talent. They've been killing it in recruiting these last couple weeks, and they're looking to close that gap. I don't necessarily know if they will. I still think Ohio State is is the clear-cut favorite for the Big Ten, but. If there's going to be a team that gives them a run, once again, it's going to be Penn State. They've got Ohio State at home. Michigan, Michigan State are down. Indiana's rising, but I don't think on that same level. So if if Penn State can pull off that upset, I, I think they're definitely a contender, and I, I have them firmly in that category. But it's still going to take a lot for me to, to think that they're going to get by Ohio State, but we'll wait and see. We've seen it once before in these last few years, and, and we could see it again. You know, Happy Valley is a tough place to play, so... I have them firmly in the contender category, uh, agreeing with you on that one.
2: Um, what, a, right. what about what about Northwestern? Where do you where do you place them in in terms of your um, continuum?
1: Oh, that's right. I skipped. I skipped right over our uh, friends in Evanston, and that's not surprising. If there was a team that I was going to accidentally skip, it was going to be the, <laughs> the Wildcats, simply because they've, uh, you know, they got that sleepy Ryan Field down there in Chicago. But I actually have uh, Northwestern as a riser. Um, I think they're a team that, just simply looking at, you know, last year was was a disaster, and it's it's going to be. Hard for them to to not beat that in my eyes because they bring back uh, more uh, experience than any team. Uh, they they return eighty eight percent of their offense and eighty percent of the defense, which for an overall percentage brings back more than anybody in college football. You couple that with a good coach and Pat Fitzgerald, a coach that you don't expect to be a, a three and nine team. Uh, they get hopefully better quarterback play maybe in Peyton Ramsey whoever's going to win that job is going to have another year of experiment experience so I think the the quarterback room everything will get kind of cleaned up and they'll be a a
2: riser for me okay um yeah so this was another one that they have so much returning production that it's it's kind of hard but I also look at it as they have a lot of returning production from a team that really sucked last year um and so I I can just firmly put them in the in the bottom feeder right now. Um, I think that uh, a few years ago, where they were a contender, was a complete mirage that uh, was based off of a really weak schedule and um, some teams just really having some fluky plays against them. Um, you look at Wisconsin that lost to Northwestern; it was just like everything that could go wrong did in fact go wrong, um, such as like the Jack Cone fumble. You know, just it was just ugly. So. I have them as a bottom feeder. I don't see much improvement from them. I look at even like a a team like Tulane who's on their schedule, and I think Tulane could potentially beat them. Tulane's a team that it's really, in a group group of five, one of the more uh, well-respected programs and pretty consistent uh, winners. I I just don't like their schedule that much because of the fact that they're going to still have to play Illinois, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, Nebraska, um, and then you also throw in um, Penn State, Purdue. It's, it's just not great uh, in my eyes. Their crossovers aren't aren't terrible, but I just don't like um, what they have, and the returning talent is just isn't there. You don't have enough time to bring in um, a transfer quarterback and and really get him up to speed in my eyes, just in fall camp. So I, I just I'm I'm not impressed by what they've got going on there. So I'm going to keep them as a bottom feeder
1: yeah I like I like what you said there. I, I think there are some good points. you know again, you look at uh, what you're bringing in in the quarterback room uh, in terms of transfer, that also still gets hindered because of what's going on. So uh, that is a good point. Uh, and I, I could definitely be convinced you know if you if you had a team that's if you had a team that you were gonna bet to to finish last in uh, the West Conference, it's probably Northwestern, but I just think their season was so bad last year that I'm on paper. Hoping uh, that they can make a jump and, and maybe get to a few more wins, but they're a team that is going to be either either drastically improved or, or going to be uh, way worse, just because that's kind of where Northwestern is every year and every out. But I I like what you said about those, and I could you know if I. I'm not going to change it completely. I still think they'll be better than where they were last season, but you made some, some very convincing arguments for me to, to maybe take a deeper look at Northwestern to see where they're going to be next season. All right, let's get uh, back on track here now that we have went we went back and, and revisited our, our one team that I knew I was going to skip one or, or skip over one, and it was Northwestern. So uh, the next team in line is the Purdue Boilermakers, who had a tough season last year, uh, just, completely ravaged by the injury bug still managed to to make a little bit out of their season but where do you see uh the Purdue Boilermakers as they come into hopefully a a healthier season and try to improve on their mark from a year ago
2: yeah I mean they're 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 another tough one I don't see them falling I I think just the way that they had so many injuries it it can't happen again in, in a lot of ways um I think they're they're going to be a riser slightly. I don't anticipate them really uh, doing anything phenomenal this year, but I, I think you look at the way in which they they finished last year, um, finishing at four and eight. I think just a, a slight bump up to five and seven, maybe get to six and six would would be kind of where I, I picture them next year. So so I'm going to say a slight riser um, just because I think the simple fact that they're going to have Rondell Moore on the, on the field is, makes them a better team. And so I think they will be better next year. And for that, I'll just say they're a riser, even though I don't necessarily think the re- their overall record will uh, flourish to the way that I think a lot of people would prefer in West Lafayette.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I have them as a riser, too, simply because I think uh, they'll, they'll be better than a 4-8 mark. Uh, you look at... You've got Rand, Randall Moore back. You've got uh, David Bell back. You've got returning pieces uh, across the board that you can you can you benefit on. And then you look at the schedule. Last year, they lost that weird game in Week One out in Nevada. You you lost another tough non-conference game this year. You've still got some tough non-conference games in in Memphis and Boston College, but. A little easier, and even Air Force is, is going to be a tough game, depending on what they got back. But you, your crossover game, you've got a, you've got Rutgers on there, which always helps. You've got Indiana, which is going to be probably a toss-up. So I I think right now I see them as a six and six team, which really isn't all that much better, but is at least a riser from a four and eight season that they suffered from a year ago. And like you said, Rondale Moore is going to make them a better team. They've got some other pieces. So I think 5-7, and 6-6 six and six in that bowl range is probably where you're going to see Purdue as you come into next season. So let's see. We've got our, our favorite team to talk about, maybe one of the easier ones next in the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Things have not gone well for Rutgers in the last five years plus on the football field. It doesn't look like it's going to get any better. Uh, they do have a new coach and Greg Schiano back, who has had some success there. But where do you see Rutgers? And I think
2: I already know the answer, but uh, let's hear uh, your your claim on the Scarlet Knights. Yeah, their uh, their feet are firmly in the sand at the bottom of the ocean, in my eyes. Um, they are bottom feeders. They're going to have to do a lot to to change that fact. Um, over the next few years there. Um, I think Shiano's the guy if, if, that could do it there, but I, I just think just they are in a very, very deep pit right now compared to a lot of the teams around them. Yeah, they've got a, you've got a
1: lot to try and, and fix there. Um, and then you look at their schedule. Monmouth should be a win. You should win your first game, but you've got Syracuse and then Temple as your other two non-conference games. So for me... I, I think I see Rutgers win in one game, and that's uh, that to me is, is firmly in the bottom feeder category. I think that one's uh, open and closed. Maybe they get a little better. Maybe you contend tend in a, in a wacky game that Rutgers always seems to give somebody a weird scare, but I, I don't see them don't see them getting any better. I, I have them as one win right now and it's going to take me seeing some serious improvement to change my mind. So I've got them firmly on the bottom feeder line. All right, our final team, our favorite team, the Wisconsin Badgers, uh, the team that we talk about on this podcast wholeheartedly all the time. Uh, So the best for last, where do you have the Badgers in in terms of your tiers coming into the 2020 season?
2: Uh, I have them in the contenders portion. I think they're they're in a spot where they're going to be contending for the – the Big Ten West uh like they usually do. I think they have uh the pieces in place, especially along the defense, to be really, really good. If we see a nice jump up from Jack Cohn in, in what he can do and if Wisconsin has a solid running game, I think we're we're uh, in a good spot to to see Wisconsin have a really good year. I think the game at uh at Michigan and the game against Notre Dame are gonna be really crucial in figuring out who this team is and, and really possibly propelling them forward, but but uh, because of this right now, I think Wisconsin has the best shot to win the West, so I'll say they're a contender because once you get to the Big Ten title game, everything's up in the air.
1: Yep, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I have the Badgers as a contender as well. Um, I, it's hard to not see them as contender. You know, the, the Big Ten West has been so strong for Wisconsin. You look at the schedule, yes, you've got a tough one to open in Indiana, but I think that's a win when you have it at home. Same with Appalachian State, that's a win when you got it at home. Michigan, you're catching them in a year that they've they've lost a lot. I know it's at the big house, but it's going to be a different Michigan team. Then you've got Notre Dame, kind of toss up game there as well. So I put the Badgers firmly in the contender category, barring you know, barring some serious woes from you know either the running game or the quarterback position, things that I don't really expect to be that big of issues. I give kind of the benefit of the doubt to both of those given Wisconsin's history in the running game, given Jack Cohn, uh, while some people may have gripes about him, he had a pretty consistent season last year. So for right now, I'm, I'm putting Wisconsin firmly in the uh, contender category as we had to 2020. And uh, I, if I was putting money down, I would say we're, you know, the Badgers and, and the Buckeyes are squaring off in Indianapolis once again because that kind of seems to be the trend year in and year out. Yeah, I mean,
2: it, it definitely uh... – points to that but you never know with Penn State next year uh, given their schedule and and how they've been recruiting they have definitely been doing better most definitely all right anything else you want to touch on tiers wise maybe uh uh, I don't know if there was
1: any certain team that like we've, we've kind of already talked about who we struggled with who we were easier on but anything else you want to touch on as we kind of close the book on this uh fun episode
0: uh,
2: so let's look at it. So Elite, we both agreed that it was Ohio State. For Contenders, we both have that it was Penn State and Wisconsin. Uh, for Benefit of the Doubt, you had Iowa and Minnesota again, who I think basically slid down from that Contender portion to Benefit of the Doubt because I think they're going to go down, but I don't necessarily see them as a big-time faller. Um, for Risers, you've got Illinois, or we both have Illinois, we both have Indiana, um, we both have Purdue, and then I and then you have Northwestern as well as a riser, and I have Maryland and Nebraska. Uh, You have Michigan as a faller as well as Nebraska, and we both have Michigan State as fallers. And then bottom feeders, uh, you have Maryland and Rutgers, and I have Northwestern and Rutgers.
1: Yeah, so no, no huge disagreements, I don't think. There was a lot of teams that I think you can make arguments for a lot of ways, and uh, those those middle three tiers where again you know, the big Ten conference there's a lot of toss up games where you could easily depending on the results of some of those games you you could move up you can move down so it it's a it's a fun project but also it's it 's still a little tough when you when you don 't know what a team's going to be in there, but that 's what makes it fun it, it's essentially kind of our, our first crack at some uh, 2020 preseason predictions, which should hopefully get the, the juices flowing towards football season as we head ever closer. No doubt. All right, guys, we will be back with you later this week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know a bit of fun, you know, trying to talk some uh, preseason football stuff as we, Fill some time with you guys. Uh, next week, of course, we'll get into some NFL draft stuff. We've already, I've already talked to Owen. He's fully planning on coming on to to give us some preview. So, some fun stuff as we start to get hopefully some uh, sports back in our lives. So, thank you guys as always for listening. We'll be back later this week on Wisconsin. <laughs>